0: This is Short-Term Rental Management, the show that is all about short-term rental property management with your host, yours truly, Luke Carl.
1: Did you know that we're officially back in a buyer's market? That's right. Even though interest rates continue to rise, they are causing prices to fall. So there's finally room for you to do regular real estate investor things that we couldn't do for so long, like gasp, negotiate, make lower offers, ask for sellers to cover some of your closing costs. So it's a really great time to buy in terms of being able to get a lower purchase price and being able to negotiate. So if you're looking for your first or next short term rental, it's a perfect time to reach out to us at The Short Term Shop. Let our team of agents in any of our true vacation market destinations help you find the perfect investment. Jump on over to the shorttermshop.com and click get connected to get started. We are brokered by eXp Realty. See y'all over there.
0: We did it. Here we are, we have arrived. It's exciting. It is wonderful to be alive and uh, in the presence of uh, greatness. I'm not sure who the great one is, uh, but uh, everybody's great. You're great. I'm great uh if you're listening you're great you look great you smell great and we can't thank you enough for being here with the shaman of short-term long-haired luke uh short-term rental management today we're gonna meet a shopper we're meeting the shopper mr kyle lancaster how you doing brother
2: i'm good i'm good thanks for having me i'm i'm thrilled to be on the show
0: that's wonderful yeah you reached out and uh, and here you are so uh, anybody else wants to do that feel free guests at uh strmshow.com and uh, we'd love to have you, but, uh, oh, and also I'm not, I'm not opposed to, I'm not afraid to beg for reviews. So my podcast loves good reviews. If you're listening right now, we would really appreciate it if you hit us with a, a quick five-star, uh, wherever you may be listening. And since we are in short-term rental business, uh, five, when you leave a five-star, you get good karma in the way of good reviews from your guests. All right. Everybody wins. So, uh, Kyle, you live in Texas, uh, you are a full time yes. uh, real estate agent. Is that true?
2: That's true. That's true. Full time sales,
0: full time uh, trans- day to day transactional uh, real estate. Yep. um your team specializes in uh, relocating people what does that mean exactly yes
2: yeah San Antonio. Uh, you know much like a lot of a lot of the markets that that even the short-term shop is in it sees a ton of people that are moving from all over the country and uh we we talked a little bit before the show a lot of it's military uh, a lot of people are just relocating you know we, we get a lot of the we get a lot of the west coast we get a lot of the californians who want to put their their cowboy hats on and and uh we we welcome them to texas and uh That that's that's we're just moving people who want to move to San Antonio.
0: Well, because uh I guess one of the main reasons would be no income tax, especially when you're coming from California. That would be a big plus, I would imagine.
2: That's that's yeah, that that's a big thing. State income tax, cost of living. Yeah, those are the two big ones.
0: What's your property tax like there?
2: It's higher. It's higher. As a matter of fact, the governor's in in a position right now trying to reform that. But you know, right now we see uh two and a half percent San Antonio. Um, so different, you've got Dallas Houston, bigger markets than San Antonio, Austin, that, that are higher. Uh, but it's not like, it's not like the smoky mountains.
0: Well, yeah, yeah. The, there's not much like uh, Tennessee when it comes to property tax, but, um, uh, in which you do own there, we're going to get to that. What about insurance where you're at personally, where you, where you live uh, in your area? What's the insurance like?
2: Um, it, it really depends. I mean, it, we're seeing people get quotes i mean I, I can think just the last few deals that we've done you know $2500 a year some closer to $3000 a year some a little less maybe $2200 okay. a year reasonable uh, reasonable, reasonable. It has
0: nothing to do with today's show i'm just trying to get a paint a picture of where you live and uh, sure. and what life is like your mom is however an agent with the short term shop and a uh, hill and and uh, uh, high country Hill Country. Hill Country. i always get those yeah, two yeah, confused. Uh, uh, although I have been to Hill Country a few times and I love it there. It is beautiful right outside of well, it's Fredericksburg really. Uh, it is not too far from Austin. Nope. Uh, which uh, Avery went to college in Austin and uh and uh v- very very fond of Texas in general. Avery is especially my wife. Uh and I've been there many times with her. Um we even last year we passed through um Luckenbach. How about that? We went through Fredericksburg and Hill Country, and then we went to uh, Luckenbach on our way. Out, and then we went to Marfa. Are you familiar okay. with Marfa?
2: I have. I, I am familiar. I haven't been. You see the lights?
0: Uh, we did. We did not see the actual lights. We went to the place, but it was uh, there was they were not available that evening. Oh. Uh, we were there for two nights, I think. Marfa is uh, in uh, on the west side of Texas. It's a very tiny little town that I can't, it's almost impossible for me to describe. I had no idea what to expect or what it was or anything. Uh, and my lovely bride took me and the kids, uh, we drove in the motor home, and it is one of the, if not the most unique places I've uh, ever experienced. Uh, I don't really That's what have I've heard, I, I have no way really to describe it. Um, it's just a really weird, place tiny small it would be the first thing that comes to mind if i were to, to describe marfa um and they have that uh what's it called el cosmico uh, which is right, very of that. short-term rental you know it's basically glamping i guess you if you had to put a name to it yeah. i don't know if they would call it that but it's a tent you know a camping community for people that like to party um and seem to have uh decent amount of money i did i just looked to me like these folks were not hurting if you know what i mean but right anyway and they have prada marfa which was uh, i was like what in the world is this thing (laughs) um again google it i can't describe it so anyway your mom is in hill country there outside of fredericksburg and of course sells homes for the short-term shop and she's wonderful um but uh, and how old a guy are you
2: i'm I'm 22
0: look at you 22 and you own (laughs) real estate man what's that like are you pulling chicks because of that? Like, are what you, would you, I mean, should, should I even ask that or maybe you're married? I don't know.
2: No, no, not, not married yet. I've got, I've got a, a beautiful girlfriend, but no, it, it wasn't, I don't think I ever reaped the benefit of, of pulling chicks with real estate at a young <laughs> age, which is probably a good thing. You know, I don't think I, I really needed that, no. um, but uh, it was, it, it was real interesting. I was 21 when I, when I bought the the first cabin or my, my only cabin and um <laughs> you know, it, it was very surreal. It was very surreal. And I had kind of already had myself in a position. I got my real estate license at 19 years old. And and I don't know how many of the short-term uh, shop uh, or, or short-term rental management podcast listeners are, are agents. When you become an agent, it's you reach out to your network, almost like any sales job, reach out to your network, see who wants to work with you. 19 years old, there's no other 19, 20 year olds that are really buying a house. And so I kind of already put myself in a position to be more disconnected than, than a lot of people my age. And so, when when I'm sitting there at my my parents' dining room kitchen table with a mobile note where he's signing off on this cabin in the Smoky mm. Mountains, I'm like, they just they just let anybody buy a house. It was a very <laughs> surreal. It was a very surreal moment. It, it was uh, just didn't it was odd. You know, it's not something that you really think of. It was it was over like that. I, I got up. I was probably in my pajamas and 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 you know, then I became a short term rental owner. So yeah, it was kind of odd.
0: Wonderful. Okay. And I guess, you know, if uh, you're 22 and trying to pull chicks, you're probably going to end up not owning real estate. You're going to end up m- owning like a Mercedes that you can't afford <laughs> or something like that. So I'd Bravo, agree. man. Good for you. Good for you. Okay. Um. So y- where, where did the uh, funds come to buy this uh, property? Uh. What kind of job did you have before this? You were still, you were already selling real estate?
2: I was, yeah, I was selling real estate. So, so 19 years old, got my real estate license, and and you know, it essentially just set a goal. I'd help my parents. They they own three in the Smokies as well. I'd help them. Uh, what each time they bought, just go out there, set it up, kind of see the whole process, see what it looks like to manage, and 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 you know, I guess really get the inspiration of, hey, look, this is something that could be really cool. And and before that, we were, you know, when I was a kid, we would go to the Smoky Mountains and vacation anyway. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah. the, the idea that there's a market there was not in question. And I think it was uh it was a funny switch. We can get into that if you'd like on what, what made my mom go from vacationing there to just wanting to own there and still be able to vacation there. That's kind of a funny story, but, but I'd saw them do it and um, it worked out. And so I just set a goal and, and just, just saved it the, the boring way, I guess. Where did
0: they get the idea? Did you give them the idea to say, Hey, maybe you contact Avery or, uh, or uh, find an agent here and, uh, and get, get it. I mean, where did the idea come from?
2: So, so I, this is funny. I, I like telling this the story. So, so they had a couple of uh, long-term um, uh, rentals here in San Antonio and, and through growing up, I saw them go in and out of long-term rentals, flips, fail, succeed with flips, you know, nothing, nothing too incredibly special. I don't think. And, um, it got to a point where I knew that we would be taking vacations. I'm listening to Bigger Pockets. I'm, I'm probably 18, 19 years old listening to Bigger Pockets. This is uh just, you know, kind of exploring the mind of real estate, exploring, exploring the opportunity and options and things like that. I had already been interested in in Airbnb, wasn't really thinking about for vacation at the time. I was thinking about like, like maybe midterm rentals, corporate leasing, stuff like that. That's just what I was interested in. I listen to bigger pockets and, and Avery's on the show. And, and she's, I didn't know Avery. At the time, I didn't know anything about the short-term shop. She mentions the Smoky Mountains. I send my mom, and to me, Bigger Pockets is a big deal. And I mean, I've got their books on oh, the yeah. shelf. It's still, it's still a big deal to me. That's the biggest, you know, real estate podcast in the world. So those are celebrities to me. Huge deal. I send, I, I text my mom the link. Isn't this crazy? This lady's talking about the Smoky Mountains. We've been there, like that kind of thing. She texts me back maybe later that day or the next day. Oh yeah. I have a meeting with her next week. She listened to the podcast, decided to reach out and then got on Avery's calendar. And I don't know if she talked to both of y'all or what the deal was, but basically got information. And at the time they were, they were exiting, um, their, their long-term, um, portfolio, if you will, their small portfolio in San Antonio to get into that. And what I just thought was a cool coincidence. She ended up making it happen. So, um, Fast forward now; she's you know on the short-term uh, shop team, which is even cooler. But uh, but yeah, that's that's how that happened.
0: Did uh, so no more long terms. They 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 got rid of the long term. How many did they have?
2: Um, I, I believe at the time um, they had a, a small apartment. Co- I say small; probably like three units, um, three units, and then maybe just one single family, maybe one single family. And and uh, they they had even funny enough, they had even looked at. Potentially a maybe a, uh, probably closer to like a burst strategy on an Airbnb in the Hill Country, um, but uh, knowing that how much they they like to travel to the Smokies and how they like to vacation there, it really made sense for them to buy in the Smokies.
0: Okay, okay, wonderful. So um, they bought three first. Is that what you're saying in the Smokies?
2: Yeah, yeah. They they bought they bought three probably in a span of like a year and a half.
0: Okay, and so I, I guess I would have probably taught them how to manage them then, uh, if uh, if. That uh, was, yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: you you've got a you've got a huge influence on that for sure.
0: Okay, wonderful, that's great. I was not aware. Okay, cool. So I mean, I wasn't aware about your mom. I knew you you did, uh, but uh, but yeah, that makes perfect sense. I have a horrible memory. I would imagine that we have met, you yeah. know, uh, uh, probably uh, anyway. I just I have a hard time remembering things. So uh, great, great to hear. And uh, and then so they they bought three. Did you have any involvement in that? Were you uh, in, involved in the management at all on those or in, in any way an influence on which property they chose or anything?
2: No, not not in that way. My mom at the time took a really um, uh you know, serious dive into, you know, different areas, different markets. I had a good idea. I knew what you want to be near. I, I knew, you know, kind of what the specifications, I knew, you know, what, what you'd want the home to look like, bedroom, bathroom count, stuff like that. So as far as involvement there, no, uh I, the biggest involvement I played was just going out there. and And so, so for all three of them, actually, and I know everyone kind of does it differently. All three of them, we went and funny enough, yeah, all three of them were pretty much vacant, pretty much empty, no no furniture or anything. So we just went maybe for a week and set each one of them up. Um whether it was a road trip with the U-Haul or a road trip just everything packed in back of the car, have furniture stores delivered mm-hmm. that week, you know that kind of thing. Oh yeah. So that's that's where the involvement came. Yeah, everyone I I'm sure that, you know what that looks uh, with like that road yeah. Trip.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm making that road trip here in a couple of weeks actually, uh heading up to see uh, my cabins, a few of which I haven't seen in quite some time. We moved full time from Tennessee to Florida a couple of years ago. But uh, anyway, so uh, how does she uh, decide, uh, w- w- you know, h- how did you end up with three that had no furniture? Yeah, I mean, that's like crazy. That's a, that's uh, a good question. Because, because but... you know, uh, most of these things are going to come furnished in the Smokies. So, I mean, how is that even possible to, to have three of them? Was just coincidence?
2: Um. I don't know. Yeah, I will say this. I'd say the first one had had maybe like a half half of uh maybe a quarter, half of half of stuff there, some a lot of stuff that needed to get replaced. I think at the time that was just like for example, the, the cabin I bought in Townsend furnished turned key. I mean of, I, there were some projects I did, we can get into that, but right, everything was there that everything was there. And so like, that was like, okay, I feel like this is how it's supposed to be. I think, I think at the time, um, you know, especially for the first two, those were just the right properties in the right areas for the right price. And so it just made sense. It just made sense to factor in that furniture expense. It made sense to factor in, it just kind of added like, Oh my gosh, now we're going and setting everything up. Um, and so i'd say for the first one there was there was bigger um items that were there some stuff had to be removed but like some of the like uh, one of the rooms had bunk beds and so that was already there i think most of the the beds stayed but everything else it was, it was almost like bone so that was that was a process I, I don't know if if every uh every owner has to go through that furnishing and and, and putting it on the market but that's that's definitely uh a fun week
0: yeah well here's the deal even if you're gonna buy the house furnished there's a guy uh you know me personally well at least at where i am right now in my career when i buy, if i go buy a new one of these i'm probably going to replace all that stuff anyway yes in vacation markets they're usually going to come with free furniture furnished if you will uh be, and mostly because the owner in a vacation market these these owners they live in other states they're not going to come back and get their used couch you know so right. um it, it's uh it's pretty common for these things to come with furniture uh and when i first started that was a huge benefit of short-term uh, or well of the, not of short-term, cause if you were in a different market, you might have to furnish it. And that would be a disadvantage, but in vacation market where the property is usually owned by some you know, investment banker from Arizona, uh, they're gonna leave that furniture behind. And I love that at, when I first started, cause I couldn't afford furniture. Now today, my strategy is gonna be a little different. I'm probably gonna go in and change uh, most things. I guess the last one I bought, I did leave a decent amount of the furniture i swapped um beds and mattresses frames and mattresses and dressers but i did leave like the living room couch uh it was a pretty nice couch uh so um uh you know everybody's journey is going to be different uh it's interesting though that she came up with three i wonder if we're, were, were the, a couple of these are all of them not rented at all or i mean how were they they must not have been rented if they didn't have furniture
2: uh, you know, the the first one, my understand this is this is interesting. This is uh, the, the first one was a family. I don't know if they had lived there full time or, or they lived there just part of the year. The first one was a home that that burned down during the fire in the Smokies. And so it was rebuilt. The 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 owners rebuilt it themselves and and then had sold it. My understanding is they were living there while they were building it up. And so so that was kind of the situation there. It was not being rented out at least for the prior year, year and a half, 2 years. Um and the second one is like a perfect, you know, vacation rental. I imagine it was. It could have been someone's personal, you know, vacation home that they just went to. It's got a beautiful view. Um, but, but yeah, I don't know if it was something that they just want to take their furniture. Maybe they moved it to a bigger property. I don't. I'm not sure of the story. But but you you go in there, you know, you have five, six, seven days, and you walk into an empty house, and you know exactly what it needs to look like. That's the that's kind of the position you you're put in. So it's it's a lot of fun really. It's it could be stressful I guess depending on how you look at it, but it is a fun week.
0: Yes, it is stressful and fun. And you lose sleep. Uh and back when I started there was a lot of moonshine involved as well. Um <laughs> uh, these days not not so much, but uh, uh so okay, some time goes by and oh, by the way, you did uh, you mentioned a fire. You, I would assume you're talking about the 2016 fire. Yes, the big one. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, the big one.
0: Yeah, no fires are good, that's for sure, but 2016 that was a rough one there uh, uh with the wildfire that was it was man-made, you know, it was created by some kids in the in the in the mountains there uh, playing with fire, playing with matches or something like that and uh it was a tragedy, absolute tragedy and we were scared to death and uh uh feel terrible for those folks that uh, uh that lost their house uh, that you mentioned but uh, uh Sounds like it ended up okay for them, um, and uh, yeah, uh, it was it's a horrible experience all around. But uh, yeah, uh, glad that everybody uh, in your in your scenario seemed to be okay. So uh, let's fast forward a little to the property that you own. Um, how did you? Yeah, I guess you just said, "Hey, let's go repeat this thing up there. I'm going to do one on my own." And uh, and and what was the shopping process like? Uh, um, how did you uh, narrow it down to the size of property and things like that?
2: Sure, sure. So um I essentially it just got to the point of of okay, look, this is the price point I want to be in. Okay, I know with with the loan, the investment loan I want to get, you know, 15% down. Okay, this is the amount of money I need to save. So I got to the point where, of course, the money is saved. And of course, this is all, you know, very fundamental, but got to the point of money to save, contact the banker, you know, go for the pre approval, and then contact the short term shop. And, and I was working with <laughs> Levi Trentham. Oh, Fantastic. He's great. Yeah. He was fantastic. Yeah. I, I would I'll do every deal with him. He was great. Thank you. And um and uh he, you know, we, we kind of started the process. I knew just just work with my mom, kind of get an understanding of the area. And and I'm I'm probably not as strict on this. At the time, I wanted two bathrooms. You know i wanted to be able to host maybe not a large group definitely a, maybe a family maybe even two families depending on how you know how the cabin was structured um i'm not too opposed to to the uh what do you call them the honeymoon cabins the mm-hmm. one bedrooms yep. one bath i'm not too opposed to those personally i think i mean honestly you make you make numbers work everywhere um but uh that's what i wanted at the time so so started looking the, the shopping process was was interesting um there was there, there's definitely a feeling of excitement and so that can lead to a feeling of kind of rushing into something. So we were looking at homes, writing offers that we're doing a remote Levi sent me videos. It was, it was good. We, we, you know, I'm getting this and this is a time still, this is last May. Uh, and, 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 you know, perhaps the market's changed a little bit now in the smokies, but you're still seeing 30, $40,000 over, over asking kind of offers appraisal waivers and everything. I wasn't in a position to do that. And so I was doing what I could, Finally, I got an offer accepted on on a, a one like probably half a mile off the parkway in Gatlinburg. That was um, needed some work. I got an offer accepted. I, I believe pretty close to what they were asking. That they really didn't want to budge, and it really, you know, I was excited. I kind of want to jump into it. I it wasn't. I think I'd give myself at the at the time maybe like by the end of the second quarter. I want to be closed and and have this thing up and running just because that was the the goal I had set for myself. You've got to be careful with that because it it almost led me into rushing into something that that might not have been the best. I and mean, there's two sides to that coin. You can you can get what you know you hear is analysis paralysis and just look at all these properties, but not make it, that decision and and you know uh, end up not doing anything, or you can rush into something that isn't really going to be a good fit. And so I had I had. Did got this inspection on this one home. It was a beautiful home, big, tall ceilings, but it just, it was a lot of deferred maintenance. You know, we're talking about new AC system. Siding really hadn't been kept up with on the cabin. So, so redo siding, decking, same thing. I think the hot tub was shot. And so I'm looking at all these, and it was the... It's probably a pretty similar situation. I don't know if the furniture, a lot of furniture was going. Uh, I know a lot of furniture that was staying just wasn't good. So most of it, to your point, was going to have to be replaced, and and that wasn't really even optional. It's not like you. And I feel like sometimes you can get into a cabin with furniture that's just okay. You just rock with it for the first year, and then and then you know you just get it booked and leave it. As that it really wasn't like that for this one. So one pops up on the market in Townsend, and and for those who who don't know the the um, kind wait of the minute, market. Minute. What happened to Go the ahead.
0: Gatlinburg deal? I'm confused that you were under contract in Gatlinburg, right? And then what happened?
2: So, so I, I was, I was. And so, so ended up terminating that one ended up terminating that one. I think I see this one in town because it had more work
0: on, than you wanted to do.
2: It was, it was, yeah, it was going to be tight. It was going to be tight on, on, you know, monthly payment and, and all the the startup expenses is probably like triple what I was planning on doing. I wasn't, we weren't getting the sellers to budge. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Because once yeah. you
0: mix in the siding and the, and the hot tub and the deck and all this, you're, you know, you're, it starts adding up. I get it.
2: And, 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 you know, I had a floor plan too, where I was, I was and it's not that you can't do this. I was trying to be just really creative. Okay. You know, putting up a wall here kind of, it had a downstairs, I guess it was kind of like a basement. I had a downstairs that was like kind of a bedroom, kind of a, a game area. It would have made more sense if that was a walled off, you know, it was just kind of one of those things where you really, really wanted to change it, but then you start getting close, you start seeing the numbers and it just doesn't really make sense. And so I was in a position where I felt like I was going to force it and there wasn't really anything else. And so I, 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 thankfully avoided that mistake because I was, you know, whatever negotiation was, was made at the time, whatever they were going to get, I think they were going to give me maybe, you know, $6,000 for the AC. And that was it with everything else that was going on as far as, you know, inspection negotiations and um, which was good. It's better than not getting anything, but with everything just adding up, it just, it just didn't make sense. And so this other one pops up on the market. We end up terminating. I
0: don't want to gloss over that for anybody that's new. Uh, and here's this, you don't want to just say this house has needs too much stuff. I I don't, I'm, I don't want to buy it. I'll personally, in a lot of cases, I might like that. You know, I might, I might buy, I might even get a contract on a house saying, okay, uh, this thing needs this, 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 and this, but let's go ahead and get the contract and then see what we can get on inspection. Um, or, uh, you know, it depends on the, depends on the seller too. Cause some sellers are gonna be super annoyed if you do it that way. Like, okay, let's give them full price. And then we'll whack them up for 30 grand on the inspection. Some, some sellers are going to be super annoyed by that, but some sellers who may or may not, you know, and this is just coming from a buyer's perspective. I do want to mention, I am not a licensed real estate agent or anything like that. So, uh, but just from a buyer's perspective, some sellers, they just want to hear their number. And then, and then you get an inspection and then you have, basically you you can kind of rely on a licensed professional to say, Hey, I don't know if you realize this, but your HVAC's freaking 18 years old, you know, right. uh, because, you know, if a seller doesn't have a lot of experience, they're just going to sit there and say, well, my air conditioners, I bought the be- 18 years ago, I bought the greatest air-, air conditioner that existed. It's the best air conditioner ever made. You know, they got this pride of ownership thing going on and um, it's hard to get them to come off of that. But if they hear it from a licensed third party, sometimes they can be a little, uh, negotiate a little bit that way. But then if you get a seller, that's a little bit, Hey, I guess in most cases you would consider maybe a little more experienced. They're not going to want to play around with that crap. Like, dude, I want to know what number you're going to give me out the door right now. You know, um, if you're going to try and play around and hit me for air conditioners after the, uh, after the inspection, I'm going to be annoyed. I'm going to tell you to go pound sand, you know? So those are the two extremes. And then there's all sorts of sellers in the middle. There's like, you know, I've, I've bought a whole lot of property and, and I've been through a, so many different personality types of sellers. It's just, you know, you just, you just never know. Um, but on in this case, again, I'm, I'm way off into the weeds here. It's almost not even really what you were saying. But basically, you got an inspection. You do have a decent amount of experience, especially with selling houses. And you just realized, you know, after everything this needs, maybe I can't really make the numbers work here. So let's move on. It sounds like kind of what happened. This episode is brought to you by Short-Term Rental Listing Advice. Join this Facebook group and post your listing to get advice from other hosts, including myself, on how you can improve your listing or just post your property so you can show off. Join us at strlistingadvice.com. That's strlistingadvice.com.
2: And, and that's exactly what it was. And to your point, you know, if, if at a a uh, purchase price of uh, maybe a hundred thousand dollars less and it needed the same work, it wouldn't have been a second thought. It would have been like, okay, let's do this. The numbers would absolutely work. I think, you know, at, at that point it was it was a feeling of like just being over leveraged. And that home ended up sitting on the market for I think another seven or eight months because those sellers were uh, just, just they and and from what I remember, I think even their agent was like kind of frustrated with them. Like they oh, just you know, they, they, they you know. It was just kind of one of those things. And so there was really nothing I could do. Well, uh, again,
0: in that seller's defense, you know, some sellers, especially in vacation towns, again, as a from a, this is just a buyer's perspective. I'm not a licensed agent, never sold a house ever uh, that I didn't own, you know, and in a vacation home, um, you, you see it all the time. Well, not all the time, but it's very common. This is, we need to start, we need to make a name for all these different types of sellers and put it on paper. Uh, this is a guy who's just like, doesn't care. Right. He's a, he's a, yeah, I'll sell it for this price. Kind of guy. Um, I, I don't have any reason to sell it. Um, you know, he probably didn't need the money, that kind of thing. And, uh, maybe still was using it occasionally. And we do see that a lot in vacation towns where, you know, there's a sign in the front yard for a fairly ridiculous amount of money. Uh, and that sign will sit there for uh, two years and the seller does not give a crap. You want to buy this thing here's the number and if you don't then i don't care you know so yeah we see that pretty often it sounds like that may be uh fair to say that that might be what that gentleman was you know that type of guy and there's nothing wrong with that he's not doing anything wrong it's just not what you were looking for
2: right it, it boiled exactly i boiled down to lack of motivation that's all it was and and you can't force somebody to be motivated if they if they're it's like if i sell at this number it's good if not then i'll wait and you know that's I could see myself in that position as well, you know, on a certain property. And so, it, you know, it just, it just didn't make sense. And for, for me to move forward would, would have been kind of like forcing it. And so that's, that's kind of a, a good lesson I learned kind of at the beginning. And, and, and that's something that you definitely apply, you know, towards, towards future uh, purchases. But, uh, but this, this one in Townsend pops up and it's a cool, it's a cool cabin. I like it a lot. It's a, it's a one story, three bedroom, two bath, And, um, it's on, on a little under an acre, probably probably eight tenths of an acre, and uh, just real wooded, real long driveway. The property sits in the back, uh, you know, the back of the lot, and it, it just feels really cool. And so, um, make an offer. It's one of those things that you know, just based off the other offers that we were writing, I'm expecting this thing to get like seven offers in the first weekend. So I just do my best. I'm like, okay, this is this is where it's at, and and this is what I want to offer, and I'll, I'll even offer this much over. I'll waive the appraisal, but this is almost a shot in the dark, just based off what I know that's been going on. I think this ended up being one of those situations where I might've been the first offer in the listing agent was telling all the other buyers, all the other buyers agent, Oh yeah, we got another offer in hand. You know, maybe we're going to do a deadline. That's really common in a lot of these markets is do an offer deadline and um, maybe scared everybody else away And, and we got it executed. And it was, it was, you know, it felt like a miracle at the time, just because of, of how cool and unique, but it was definitely worth, uh, passing on a property that, that gave you a sense of maybe uncomfortability as as far as, you know, squeezing numbers out and, and, and forcing it to work rather than something that, that, you know, was really exciting. And so, um, patience was definitely learned through that, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's how the Townsend house came about.
0: It's a lot like dating, isn't it? You know, it's like, uh, (laughs) there's a lot of fish in the sea. You got to go out there and, uh, and figure out which one is right for you. And then, uh, uh, you know, eventually you just get a system going and it's like this type of property works for me and you just keep, you know, rolling it, uh, basically. So yeah, describe this house a little bit to us. Townsend is a little far out for some folks. Uh, some folks think it's lovely and beautiful and, uh, and it is. And, uh, for those that don't know, uh, Cades Cove, the, the main entrance to Cades, there's what many ways to get to Cades Cove, but, that's one of the number one, uh, uh, you know, visited things in the Smoky Mountain area, and in in the Great Smoky Mountain National Park is Cades Cove, a uh, Cades with a C, and um, the easiest way to get there really is through the Townsend uh, entrance, and, and and I I as a runner, I'm a huge Townsend fan because when I come to town, they've got that greenway along the river down there, and this River Road down uh, in yep. Townsend there. <laughs> Uh, which is just breathtaking, and it's flat. Uh, which in this area of the world is flat is not easy to find. Uh, so, Townsend does have flat. So, as a runner, every time I'm in town, which I'll be there in two weeks, looking forward to to hitting that River Road Run. There's a lot of bikes down there, a lot of tons of cyclists down there, and there's just all these houses lined up. Or, 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 that's what Townsend is. It's a river uh, runs through town and and there's houses lined up on it. Many of those houses are in quite disrepair um, uh, on that particular river anyway. Um, so can you describe to us where, you know, whereabouts your property was, give or take, and um, and, and was there any issue for you uh, with it being maybe a little f- far out from, say, Pigeon Forge?
2: No, and, and that's a good question, because that's definitely what was going through my head um, as far as, okay, what... You know, what's the, I think a lot of the thoughts that you get while you're we're getting into this market, okay, what's the drive time to Dollywood? What's the drive time to Gallimbear, Pigeon mm-hmm. Force, like you're talking about? If you're in a beach market, what's the drive time to the beach? And you want to put, go in a beach market and you're like far away from where everybody wants to be. It, it might be like a, you know, kind of a, second thought you know kind of thing and so it really just came down to understanding okay who does come to Townsend? So what's what's kind of that that market what's that demographic if you will and and to what you're describing people who are going to enjoy the outdoors run on river road they're going to go hiking Kids cove it's it's people who you know on, on a seven-day trip they might take two days to go to the craziness of pigeon forest gallenburg but the rest of the time they want to spend in the park they want to they maybe want to hang out at the cabin they want to go hiking all day and come back to the hot tub they want to have much more of a, a nature outdoor experience. And and that's good. I mean, you want to be able to service that brings uh, pros and cons. I mean, obviously you're, you're not as close to all the craziness. So, so, you know, potentially your rates aren't as high, but you, you also avoid things like you're not, no one's bringing a party to Townsend, Tennessee. No. I mean, you're not, you're not getting like a, a 10, 12 person, you know, big giant group that's just causing trouble in Townsend, Tennessee. So it's, 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 there's pros and cons. We get, I get a lot of, of, uh, family trips, maybe two family trips, maybe extended family, you know, that kind of thing. Um, you know, wedding anniversaries, but people just taking these very, uh, uh, memorable trips and, and it works out really well. But, um, yeah, as far as where the, the property is, it's it's about um from from the main road in Townsend it's probably about five minutes up the hill. I say up the hill, up the mountain. And um it's it's easy to get to. It's uh, not real steep. Um, but it works out. I mean that that was kind of like the big thing is who who is going to want to be staying here and how do you accommodate to that. And so that's that's why it's worked out pretty well, actually.
0: Yeah, I think you can get decent sized groups in towns in, you know, 10, 12, 15 people, but I think a better point and maybe what you're saying here is less possibility for them to be like throwing some sort of party and trying to sneak in exactly. extra people because it is a, a little bit more of a sleepy side of the mountain. Is that what you're?
2: Yeah. They, they call it the, the peaceful side, the peaceful side of the smoke. It really
0: is. I love it down there. There's some areas that are, that can get a little, you know, like this repair uh, is maybe a little too rampant in some certain areas right there on the little river but there's other areas that are beautiful, and there's so many, and the fishing's fantastic too. That's yeah. that's something there. You know, you can get trout fishing right there on their little river, and then, and of course you uh, float the river. There's several companies right there at the split, the 321 where where 321 turns up to go up to Pigeon Forge there uh, to where's Valley Road. Um, it uh, there's like three places with a river rat is the big one mm-hmm. uh, where you can go, and everybody goes there. I mean, if you've got a family and you're going to the Smokies, you're probably if it's summertime it's you're probably going to go float the river so it's to your point you know i when i first started buying i always kind of thought townsend was a little too far away but we were always going down there anyway always we were always going to Cades cove every single time still i'm going to be there in two weeks i can't wait to get to Cades cove i'm doing a big hike uh with my buddies so we're doing a, a big uh uh 14 mile hike in Cades cove and uh and it'll probably be a little early to float the river but you never know we might um and if you go to the right float the river place they'll let you sneak beer so that's cool <laughs> um, you didn't hear that from me but uh but okay so the house is three bed two bath which it sounds like that's more house than you were even looking for
2: uh yeah that's kind of about what i was looking for i wanted two bath i would have been okay with a, a two bed and so to to get something with three beds was a huge plus it was a huge plus. And, and one of the bedrooms has a bunk bed. And and like I said, I bought this home, it's, it's fully furnished. And so like, I couldn't ask for something better. Now that doesn't mean at a, at a different price, you can't make something that's not furnished or not as furnished work. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it, it worked out. It's, it was kind of right up my, exactly what I was looking for.
0: What did it look like as far as floors and finishes, countertops, appliances?
2: So, so it was, it was kept up, um, very well. Uh, so it's a cabin exterior wood floors, um, all throughout the home. Um, it's not a large home, maybe about 1100 square feet, 1000 square feet. Um, wood floors you had granite countertops custom furniture i think the people who owned it before they they maybe had kind of dabbled in renting it maybe maybe even hired a rental management company you know what didn't take it on real seriously didn't see a ton of traffic but uh, they definitely put as much as they can in setting it up and, and and wanting it to be like that you're talking about you know these these i think on on what was it, your podcast with uh with with patrick um talking about glass doors in the shower and, and how you're switching up curtains this has beautiful like nice modern glass door to the shower and and it just it just really like just just fits well and and uh it, it's I, I wouldn't go as far as saying luxury but it, it is definitely have like a nice um high-end feel to it if you will
0: quite a bit different than that first one you were under contract then as far as uh, what it needed um <laughs> uh, and what it didn't need
2: very much so. Yeah, I mean, this one this one needed, you know, I, I wanted to, they didn't have a hot tub. So, we put a hot tub, Resupported supported the deck. Uh some of the deck posts had to be repaired. Um some trees had to be cut down. There was some work, there's some work, This is probably I'll, I'll I'll show this. My biggest um my biggest lesson from from buying, which I wish I did before. And I actually hadn't heard this from else and and even clients that i work with that that buy homes to live in in san antonio this hasn't got brought up this home had a crawl space probably about four months five months into ownership started having problems with mice and and it all boils down to crickets are in the crawl space because moisture was in the crawl space and so the mice are running around trying to eat the crickets and so now i got guests telling me that there's mice running around in and out of the cabin which is fine you know praise god there was no bad reviews from that because i know that would have been easy to happen but um but I would have got a pest inspection before closing just to know what was going on. As soon as I had the pest company go out there, I got a very good idea of what needed to happen. And I think that would have just given me a better idea, maybe not to go rip the seller for another 10, 15 grand, but definitely have a good expectation of what might need to be done. And, 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 you know, that maintenance ended up being deferred for maybe four or five months. And, and so that ended up being encapsulated the crawl space and, and put a dehumidifier down there and that worked out. Um, but, uh, I, I wish it was done earlier, but it's one of those things you, you live and you learn.
0: Right. Yeah. See, and, and I have a, you know, slightly different view on that again, no licenses of any kind, but to me, you know, crawl spaces are just they It's what they are. If you're not familiar with them, uh, you, you know, they're a little scary. You know, I, co- I come from the par- a part of the world where there's basements. And then I moved to New York city, which is a whole different thing. I lived there for a really long time, 15 years. And then, I moved to Tennessee. So I'm like, what is, what is this crawl space? I mean, it's a weird thing if you're not familiar with it, but in, in Tennessee in general, in that, in that part of the world, it's the best way to build a house uh, for several reasons, but mostly because the ground is so hard that you can't really dig. um, And to put a slab next thing, you know, that slab just cracks in a million pieces because the ground is so hard um, that, uh, you know, it's just, there's no give at all. And it's all sandstone is what the, 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 the dirt is, is it's all, it's all rock, you know? So, um, crawl space right. is the way to go. And then what you have is you got your pipes and you got your, your, your ducks in most cases, or, or at least half of your ducks, depending on the size of the home, how many floors the home is, at least half your ducks are going to be down there and your first floor pipes and things like that. And this is, this is a very, an area that is very conducive to critters, Um, it's, it's, there's, you got a roof over your head. Um, it's not as cold as the outdoors and, uh, and it's a great place for mice or raccoons or somebody to, to hang out and live in. So yeah, if you're not paying attention, if you're not there, I would bet, I would bet that the seller had no idea probably because they weren't there very often. And, and with the thing with mice is any tiny little hole. I mean, it doesn't matter. It can be the size of a, a nickel you know, they're, they're getting right. through there. Um, so I would imagine that's what your pest guy did. He probably just went around and tried to find all the holes and, and seal them up. Usually they'll, they'll use spray foam if, as long as it's in an area that you can't see it, that kind of thing. Um, is that what they did? They went around and, and, uh, sealed things yeah, up. Yeah,
2: it was exactly that. And, and, and it had even was a problem in the attic, you know, we had, had installation in the attic that the mice were just burrowing in and, and, you know, probably not for years, but definitely for the time that I was owning it for the, for the full time. And, um, I think that's, that's, you know, with that inspection, I, it might've been, I don't know, a $65 fee to get a pest control company to go out there and just tell you what they see. yeah And you don't have to do anything right then and there, but just to just, you know, more information you have, the better decisions you'll oh, yeah. to make. And so that's, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of where, where I'm at on that. And so, um, ended up, you know, redoing insulation encapsulating the crawl space. And so it was an expensive fix, but that's a yeah. fix for the rest of the the yeah. time on that house is going to be standing I, I've never, I've never
0: encapsulated a, t- a cross, but I own one, uh, out of, I don't know, a couple hundred crawl spaces that, uh, uh that uh, there was, in- I was a primary and it was a brand new build and it was beautiful. I mean, I could, I, I could have set my office up down there, you know? So, uh, I've never uh, felt the need now moisture barrier is important. And technically I think you need that to be up to code and that kind of thing. Um, but if you if you have the means to, to go ahead and just do the full encapsulation, I mean, it's nice, man. It's a Cadillac of crawl spaces now. I'm it was, it was a,
2: yeah, it was definitely a peace of mind kind of thing, too. Because like, like for probably two weeks straight, I've got, you know, each guest that's at the cabin telling me about mice. And that's the last thing sitting in San Antonio, Texas, that I want to worry about. Yeah. And uh, nor do I want them to worry about it. Nor well, do I want it's... that on my reviews
0: and and it's not just for the mice it's you know it's better to as far as like keeping the it's better for your your heating and cooling you get yep. more insulation and you get you can uh uh keep you know if you have any kind of water drainage issues they can control that and send it one direction and keep it out of the actual crawl and away from the block the cinder block because it's just cinder block right um do you, who did you use if you don't mind me asking for the encapsulation
2: um some someone local to to Maryville, um don't remember. I don't remember off the top of my head. No, off the top of my head, I don't. Uh great guy. Um, I could probably find it, but what did
0: it cost you if you don't mind me asking?
2: Uh that was close to I think that was about eight, eight thousand all in. That Ooh. was with the dehumidifier. Yeah.
0: Oh, I think you just made me not interested.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was it was an expensive thing, but and now uh, does
0: the dehumidifier stay on all the time?
2: It's it's got a it's got a sensor and a switch, so when it when it needs to bring it down to whatever level, yeah, it'll it'll switch on. It's you know encapsulated and, and insulated and sealed so well, it's really not a a big energy expense at all.
0: And does it have uh, its own drain? I would assume where the yes, because you're not crawling under there to get the water out of this. D- no, heck fire. no.
2: No, no,, no, so so, to your point of it being Cadillac, probably it's 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 got everything that you need. I mean, I don't even yeah. think about it. It's got a little control panel inside the cabin just to read it. um but yeah, no, it, it drains right out.
0: Well, hey, man, if you're planning to keep this thing long term and uh, maybe eight grand is is not that bad of an idea right to uh, to make a cross space uh pimp for lack of a better well way.
2: because at, at that point, the cross was like it was like there was water sitting. And so right. you can, you know, you just, you just can't have that. And, um, for, for not only like you're talking about the, the reasons of having insects and, and critters, cause mice goes to to raccoons and that just goes up from there. And well, the next thing you know, who knows what happens from there, but, but just for like the, the, the wood rot, I mean, you're talking about water sitting under your home and, and rot starting and mold starting. And so, I don't know, it was definitely, uh, I, know, I keep, I keep repeat myself, definitely peace of mind. Because right. if I had to, if I had to worry about that all the time, that'd be, that is not worth eight grand to me.
0: Did they spray foam? Uh, the, the, you know, the joists and everything up, uh, up above, is there insulation?
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, cool. All right, cool. Let's talk management. Uh, what management software are you using?
2: Just funny. I'm not, I listened to your podcast going through the different PMSs and, and hospitable and, and guesty. And I think at at this point, actually, I was going to get your, your two cents on this at this point with one unit, I have not found the need, um, to get on a, a, a management software. And so uh, I, perhaps at, at two, three, four, five units that comes, um, I've looked at some, I looked at some, even after y'all's podcast. I, I haven't, I haven't gotten on one yet. Uh, okay. everything is, I mean, I, I'm beyond pricing for dynamic pricing. Um, I am, I am. Yeah. Um, okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's back
0: up. Let's back up. So why, so you've just got your, your iCals connected on Airbnb and Verbo. Are you using booking.com book? Yes, I am. Okay. Any bookings from booking.com?
2: Yeah. More from more than verbal. I don't get anything. Really? From verbal. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what's going on.
0: Okay. Interesting. Well um, I can help you with that. By the way, I do teach classes on how to help people do this and set everything up. It's called management Monday. Uh, you can find us at uh, the short shop.com. Just throwing out a, this perfect opportunity for me to plug myself. I suppose doesn't get better. Uh, thank you, brother. So yeah, I teach, uh, I teach our clients how to, how to set up and, and, and manage their property. So we have a class every Monday. love to have anybody that's interested the short term shop.com, but, um, okay. So no, uh, property management software and, and that's simply because you just haven't felt the need. And I don't disagree with that. Is that safe to say you just didn't feel the need?
2: Yeah, I haven't, I haven't felt the need yet.
0: Okay, great. And beyond, I mean, that is, that's, To me, that's a little weird. I like Beyond. I have used it myself, but, you know, it's something like 99%, at least of the people that I come in contact with are using Pricelab. So uh, can you tell me how that happened?
2: Uh, you know, at the time, I, it's just real simple. At the time, with with what my my parents were were managing with theirs and what they were using, it was easy to just plug in and set up. Don't get me wrong; I've looked at Price Labs. I have not made the switch yet. I think that's probably a switch that I will make, uh, probably oh. pretty soon. Um, are I know there not... are
0: some things that you wish it would do that it's not doing.
2: Um, n- not necessarily. I think I think the only feature that I know that Price Labs will give that I have not found in BIA beyond- and beyond is, is a uh, minimum stay based on day of the week. And, and uh, I've, I heard that on, on whatever uh, that might've been the same PMS podcast that you had did. Uh, but, but as far as everything else, as far as, 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 seasons, if you will, seasonality dates for, for certain minimum prices, minimum stays, you know, uh, markups so far out in your calendar. I mean, Beyond's done everything that I needed to, I think price labs can do it just probably at a, at a lower monthly rate.
0: That's true. Beyond is not not expensive, but not cheap.
2: It's a percentage base rather than price labs being flat. so right. there's been times there's been times for Beyond where I've paid you know one hundred twenty dollars a month for for the bookings that that come in that month, which you know isn't terrible considering the, the business that it's bringing. but if you can do it for less than than you optimize,
0: okay, and you are slightly interested in maybe bringing on a management software in the near future.
2: Um, prob- I mean, I think probably at scale, at scale. I mean, I haven't, I haven't felt the need for it yet. So probably okay. at scale, two, uh, three, and four, and five years. I, I don't
0: disagree with that move. I, and I do think that when you do decide, and I, listen, for, let me get this out of the way. If you only have one property, I still do recommend you use a management software. But you don't have to use a management software right out of the gate, you know. And and really, uh, Kyle, you're probably doing a lot of it better. Uh, you're learning a lot more by doing it the way you're doing. And so that when you do implement the management soft, I'm not saying it's more difficult the way you're doing it. It's probably really not. Uh, but when you do implement a management software um you will know how to manage the management software so that's good uh what are you doing for auto messages though i mean i know airbnb has auto messages um what about booking.com if you get a a, a guest on booking.com are you using templates from from there or how are you sending messages
2: yeah they, they've got templates and, and scheduled messaging as well and so okay. that's that's it yeah the, the messaging stays exactly through what what each of them provides uh as far as their own service if you will. Um, but I, I really don't run into, I, m- I mean, I maybe answer two questions a week that I actually have to do, but, um, and, and perhaps this is this might be a, another Townsend thing. It might be like if you know you're in a market where people are are the peaceful side of the Smokies, or maybe there's something that correlates with any of the beach markets. People aren't going with a ton of bajillion questions. I haven't had these nightmare guests that I hear about that you might get with bigger groups or different maybe crowds and and maybe the, the busier crazier parts. So it, it, I haven't felt the need for it at scale. I probably will, um, but yeah, it's been pretty straightforward.
0: Okay, great. As far as scaling, what what uh, are you are you maybe you think you're going to go into another short term or what about long term or where are we going there? Uh,
2: yeah, I, I definitely want to scale short term. Um, probably probably get a couple more in the Smokies. Probably explore some of the beach markets. I think that would just be cool. Down in the beach markets, um, and then and then you know probably build that to maybe. Five or ten units amongst those markets, and then I'd like to get in. I know you're you're in long term as well. I'd like to eventually get into to uh, maybe small, medium, maybe even large multifamily. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, but yeah, that's that's the goal. Maybe you know, explore. To me, I I create a parallel between multifamily and self storage, um, just because of the similarities between. But either of those, I think, would be pretty interesting. Just taking the commercial route.
0: Yep, I'm in multifamily, and I do like it. It's a whole another set of uh, pile of uh, doo doo, if you will. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> different, different brain. But uh, I do enjoy it. Um, so that's cool. That's cool. Um, where do you see yourself in? Uh, you're 22 years old. Where do you see yourself in five years?
2: 5 years hits 27. So yeah, by in 5 years that that short-term portfolio is is completed its own it's managed. I'll have a management software by that time. I'll, I'll follow up with you by then. And uh uh you know, from there probably just taking the direction okay, what's next. I mean, I, I've I've in, enjoyed the ideas of development developing maybe a a whether it's building a single family, maybe it's a cabin or a beach home, or maybe it's a a handful on one lot, you know that's that's exciting. That's interesting to me. That that's commercial as well. I know you kind of have to be real specific on how you want to, you know, uh, classify different types of investments, but um, probably probably shift and take the commercial route. But honestly, I, I look at short term rentals and I, I think of them as commercials. I look at I look at my cabin and it's like a a one a one unit hotel, and that's kind of how I treat it. And so it's. Um, and that that's kind of given me a uh a, a lot of a lot of open-minded you know being open-minded to you know the leverage that's needed and things like that when when just managing and owning so that's that's part of the direction
0: look at you uh 22 years old crushing it uh oh, man I, I i wish you know where could i be today at the uh age of uh gray hair uh if i would <laughs> as laser focused as you were at 22 uh, i commend you um. so we'll wrap Thank it uh, you. do you have a book that you've been reading recently or uh, maybe an all-time book just throw me a book that I may have never heard of uh, or something you've read recently to put on my list uh, and for- um,
2: so one you probably haven't heard of it, it's on my desk right now it's it's personality plus this probably just helps me more in, in just sales and, and working with people and but I mean it's applicable to as simple as working with guests working with agents working with things like that um, that and then we're talking about bigger pockets. David Green's uh, long distance real estate investing book was was really you know just kind of built the framework of, want to live in Texas, I want to own, or you want to live anywhere, you want to own in in Tennessee, in Florida, in Alabama, wherever. What what kind of structure, what kind of team do you need to to you know make that business work? So
0: absolutely I love it well thanks for coming man um thanks for having me my pleasure uh, for the short-term rent, short-term rental management long-haired Luke saying don't overthink it
2: <laughs> thank you.